0: if you have a Bible, if you want to open to Judges chapter 6 with me. Judges 6. And I don't have a page number in the pew. So 212, 212 if you're using a pew Bible. So I wasn't here this morning when Kevin was preaching, but this text is a good parallel to the passage in John that he was preaching this morning. So it'll be interesting to see if we say some similar things. One thing I know you probably heard this morning, I know you probably heard, uh, is that is that the, the battle to believe the Bible is, is something that every generation has to, has to go through. And you see that in the Bible. The, the, the first generation, Adam and Eve, had to decide... Am I going to believe what God said or am I not? And if I believe, I will act on that. And if I don't believe, then I will also act on that. It's basically what it, what it comes down to. And so that goes all the way through. And then the passage this morning, there's Jesus. People are looking at him in the eye and they have to believe or, or not believe, right? Well, in this passage, we have someone who also is has the word of God, has been told, what God is going to do and what he must do. And the question is, is will you believe and and act on it? That's what's happening in this passage. The the main thing God wants us to hear from this is to believe God's word. Believe God's word and act on it. So if you take notes, you can write that down as maybe the big idea. Let's read beginning of verse 33. Verses 39 and 40 are the two verses that we're going to zero in on. But verse 33. All the Midianites, Amalekites, and people of the east gathered together, crossed over the Jordan, and camped in the Jezreel Valley. The Spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon, and he blew the ram's horn, and the Abizarites rallied behind him. He sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh who rallied behind him. He also sent messengers throughout Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, who also came to meet him. Then Gideon said to God, If you will deliver Israel by me, as you said, I will put a wool fleece here on the threshing floor. If dew is only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by me, as you said. And that is what happened. When he got up early in the morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung, out, wrung dew out of it, filling a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Don't be angry with me. Let me speak one more time. Please allow me to make one more test with the fleece. Let it remain dry and the dew be all over the ground. That night, God did as Gideon requested. Only the fleece was dry and the dew was all over the ground. Two things to drive home the idea that you and I must believe God's word and act on it. One, is in verse 39, fight to trust God's word over your own weaknesses. Fight to trust God's word over your own weaknesses. We'll look at that and think about it. And then we're going to see that we should take comfort in God's compassionate strength. We should take comfort in God's compassionate strength. In verse 39, we read, Gideon then said to God, don't be angry with me. Let me speak one more time. This phrase, Gideon then said to God, in the context, and as we just read in its immediate context, is Gideon wanting to ask yet again if God will actually do what he said. This is the second time, actually, he does this here in, in these immediate verses, as we just read. So you saw there before, he just asked that God would do it where the fleece itself would be wet, and God did that, and he, so much so that when he wrung it out, it was so wet, it was sopping wet, that a bowl was filled with all the water. It was really wet. And so God really answered his test. But oddly, but maybe not if we know our own hearts, verse 39, then Gideon says to God, let me speak one more time. I know you just made the fleece sopping wet, but, but can, we, can we reverse it? Can we do it one more time just to make sure that I get the sign? But we could be distracted by his politeness. If you notice, he says, don't be angry with me. And then it it even translates uh, for us, please allow me. So it seems like this is a humble request of Gideon. And we're drawn in to say, look at his humility uh, to, to, to ask God in this way. But the reality is, is that his request is unbelief. He's expecting God to be angry because he's he's doubting Him. He 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 doesn't believe what God has said, and so he's asking for miraculous signs, a second miraculous sign, uh, to 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 prove it. Well, how do we know this? Well, one in verse sixteen, God had already. Audibly, it appears, somehow, God communicated to him. We'll think about that in the equipping class. God communicated to him in a way that he knew that God said it. And look at what he said over in verse 16. This is God speaking. He says, but I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. So he promised in some verbal form to to Gideon, I myself will be with you. And you will destroy Midian. Midian was oppressing them. Uh, God had sent them as a, as, a, as a punishment for the sin that they were doing. But he was now going to rescue them. And he had come to Gideon and he, and he told them this is what he was going to do. So that should be enough, right? It should be enough. God somehow conveys his word to you. And he says this is what he's going to do. But then in verse 34, we just read that the, the Holy Spirit came on him. Verse 34. The Spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon. This is one of the places in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit overtakes someone. So unlike in the New Covenant, when we're filled with the Spirit and the Spirit doesn't leave us, in the Old Covenant, when God was going to do something, he would send his Spirit and the Spirit would empower the person to accomplish the thing for that moment, for that thing. Well, in this case, Gideon received the Holy Spirit. It caused him to blow the ram's horn. And the third thing, in response to him blowing the horn, multiple companies of warriors showed up. So just think about that, right? He sent messengers through Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali. At least five different tribes sent battalions to go rally around him to help him. You would think, like, I'm not a warrior. I've been anointed as a warrior. I blow the horn. All these people show up. Something's happening. But it's after that that he asked God to show the sign. So his request was not asking for God to reveal God's hidden will or direction for him in life. Something that you or I might do, or some people will look at this passage to to sort of get cues on, on how to get guidance in life. That's not what he's doing. He was actually asking for him to confirm what he had already promised. It's it's rather um, condemning in, in many ways. Look at verse 36. He says, Then Gideon said to God, if you will deliver Israel by me, and then what's it say? As you said. So by his own mouth, he confirms that God had promised this already. But then it gets worse. Verse 37, I will put a wool fleece here on the threshing floor. If the dew is on the fleece all over, and the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by me. As you said. Two times. He reminds God... <laughs> You said this. So it's not good. This was unbelief. Gideon perhaps was unsure. Uh, the, the narrator here does not use the name for God, Yahweh, but he uses Elohim. So perhaps the narrator is trying to trigger to us the signal that this is, this is Gideon in his, in his fumbling in faith. You know, what, what do you really like, Lord? I know that you have appeared to me and said these things. Remember, if you, if you know this story, if you go back and read it tonight, his family had Asherah poles to Baal and his Asherah in their family compound. So his family were idolaters. And they, they, they obviously did not know Yahweh very well. So perhaps Gideon is just unsure of, of what Yahweh is really like. But then he uses the word test. Look at verse 39. Then Gideon said to God, don't be angry with me. Let me speak one more time. Please allow me to make one more test with the fleece." And if you know your Old Testament really well, testing God is never good. This word test is used in the worst of times. It's used to describe the, the people of Israel that left Egypt and they went into the wilderness and they tested God For 40 years, he said. In Exodus 17, it's when they were complaining about not having water. And they're grumbling against God. And so they put him to the test. And he caused water to come out of a rock. And then in Canaan, when the the spies went in, in Numbers 14. And they came back, even though God had said, go, take the land, I'm with you. And they came back and they said, I don't think we can take it. And he rebukes them. And he says, why do you test me? And so, and so those spies, except for Caleb and Joshua, had to die in the wilderness and they weren't able to go in because they did not believe. So testing God is not what you want to do. And Gideon says, will you please allow me to test you? So this is unbelief. Gideon was weak in himself. Gideon was unbelieving in God. And Gideon was willing to test God instead of believing God's word. This is a negative example to us. This is not a prescription to follow, right? This is one of those times where we should read and not say, let me do what Gideon does. (laughs) But we should say, ah, Gideon, I know all about that. Don't do that. And we should feel ourselves with the same temptation to doubt God, to doubt his word, to doubt that he will fulfill what he has said. Gideon was essentially a circumstantial believer of God's presence and will. In other words, he he, he heard the voice of God. He saw the, the the troops rally. He felt the spirit of God overcome him. He put God to the test once. He wants to put him to the test twice. He's afraid. He's still looking at the circumstances and not listening or looking with his ears. I think we've said this before, but I love this phrase from... Um, I think it's the Gospel Storybook Bible, maybe? I'm probably messing that title up. But uh, believing God more than... Believing God, oh, I'm going to mess it up. More what you hear, more than what your eyes see. I just messed it up. Anyway, you get it. We should also, though, in light of this, take comfort in God's compassionate strength. Look at verse 40. That night, God did as Gideon requested. Only the fleece was dry and dew was all over the ground. There is a remarkable phrase in verse 40 in light of everything we've just said. That night, God did as Gideon requested. He's putting him to the test. He doesn't believe his word, he doubts the spirit. He doubts the command of God. He doubts all the help that's been given him standing next to him. And God said, okay, I'll do it. That's incredible. God did what he asked. And he did did it twice. He did it two times. God even says later on, as you keep reading in chapter 7, if you you just drop your eyes down or or just look at it in 9 to 14 he actually got God actually sort of like comes up next to him and he says if you're still afraid then I tell you what do this go down and listen to the camp before you go into battle and what do you think Gideon does (laughs) Gideon's like okay I'll go down to the camp then because he was still afraid and when he went down, there was, there was some people talking about a dream they had. And in what they, he overheard them discussing the dream. And the dream affirmed that Gideon was going to destroy Midian. And that finally built his strength enough. So the question is, why? Why does God put up with this in Gideon? Well, two, at least two reasons. Number one, God was intent to save and rescue Israel. That was his people. They cried out to him. The the whole narrative begins with their sin and their oppression by Midian and then they cry out to God. And so God comes to Gideon. This idolater, this guy who's not paying attention to things, who's weak in himself, who's unbelieving and he comes to him and he says, Gideon, you're a valiant warrior. Right? God was intent to save his people. Where we are faithless, he remains faithful salvation is of the lord from start to finish and every step in between god's word does not fail even though people don't believe it that's good news that is good news so even as a christian as a believer if you struggle you're struggling with god's word at times what god wants you to do is trust him trust his character trust his nature let that draw you back to say, I can, I can believe his word, I can act on it. Daniel Block, a commentator, had this great quote, so I've got to give it to you. Despite the nation's spiritual disaffection, God is obviously more interested in preserving his people than they are in being preserved themselves. He is so interested in saving his people and glorifying himself and preserving them, That it doesn't matter that they're not even interested in it. It doesn't matter that they doubt and they're they're questioning and they're stumbling and they're fumbling. God's going to be faithful. The second, at least second, reason is that God's strength is completed in overcoming our weaknesses. What do I mean by that? Well, I remember Jesus saying something to that effect to, to Paul in 2 Corinthians Chapter 12, he said to them, remember Paul was struggling with a thorn in his side and he asked, he pleaded with God to take it away. God said, no, my my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul's weakness allows the the, the strength of God to show itself. That's what it means to be completed there. Perhaps God actually chose Gideon because of his weakness. He was self-confessed as weak when he called him. And he demonstrated that when he answered the call in chapter 6. But God selected him. Gideon didn't select God. He didn't sign up for the mission and say, I hope I get to do this. God came to him knowing who he was. God commissioned him. And then throughout all of his appeals, God never rebukes Gideon. That's a surprise in this text. Gideon should have been rebuked all the way through. But he, he wasn't. Gideon didn't get rebuked. And that tells us something about the heart of God. It's it's pretty amazing. God values our weakness because it leads to dependence on him, which is strength giving. In fact, God states this in the soldier episode that follows. If you read just a couple verses down in chapter 7, verses 2 to 3, you'll see this. In fact, verse 2 says, The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them. Or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, I saved myself. So God has him whittle it down to 300 men. Listen, Gideon was weak and stumbling, but he was stumbling forward. Right? So he's doubting, he's questioning, but he acts. The first test was go and tear down the Asherah poles. He did it, but he did it at night so that no one would see him. <laughs> but he did it. And then, and then he comes. He's, he, he blows the horn, and they come. But he puts God to the test, but God still answers it. And he tests them again. He answers it. And then he says, if you're still afraid, you can go down and listen to the dream. And he says, I'll take that option. But God, all along the way, it brings him along. He brings him along. In other words, in our weakness, we think of ourselves as strong. We are most weak when we believe we are strong. Therefore, in those moments, we think we don't need God and we, we actually resist his life. We, 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 in our pride, we buck up. But when we're weak, we have to have him. And it's there that we receive strength. It's there that we receive life. That's why Paul says, I will boast all the more in my weaknesses because when I'm weak, it's then that I'm strong. In other words, it's then that I'm relying on God and his strength shows up. So God's intent to save overrides even our sinful weaknesses. Gideon was never the man because he had the skills or the faith. He was the man because God chose to use him. So his job was simply to believe God's word and act on it. That's our job. Believe God's word and act on it all the way to the end, across the finish line. In the larger narrative of this story, what what Judges is doing is it's making a case that Israel needs a king. They need somebody who will believe God's word, act on it, and lead everybody else to do the same. But what is needed is a king who follows the Lord, And is not weak, but is actually strong. Well, Jesus is that king. Jesus is the king that they didn't have. Jesus is the king who rules by his righteous might, such that we receive strength from him. Jesus is the king who was chosen because he's strong, and not because he's weak. Our king was willing. And our king was full of obedient faith. Jesus never faltered to believe the Father's word. And as a result, he was fully righteous when he went to the cross to lay his life down. Jesus believed him to the point of death, to lay his life down for sinners, that through his death, sinners, weak sinners who didn't believe God's word, would believe his word and come to faith and be forgiven and be made strong by the Spirit. Jesus is our king. Jesus is the way for us. If you're here tonight and you don't follow Jesus, what you need to know is that God has given a word through him. And that is that you can be forgiven, you can know him, and you can have his strength if you'll turn from your own pride, your own, your own sense of strength and self and figuring it all out and doing it your way with your word and your wisdom, which is sin. And instead, put your hope and trust in him. And God will receive you. Listen, this passage could go another way. It could rebuke Gideon and say, don't question God. Don't lack faith. Never falter. But it didn't. Gideon did falter. He questioned and he lacked faith. But God saved Israel through him anyway. And that's what our big brother Jesus does for us too. So if you're weak and you're faltering, take hope in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is sure. And we pray that you would give us faith to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.